Murfreesboro. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. Right now, the time, 814. So we welcome you back in. Thanks for being a part of our morning and being a part of our broadcast. That number, if you'd like to join the show, 615-893-1450. And we have the text line ready to go. So if you feel more comfortable texting us, uh, we'll get that question, comment, concern. We'll get it on the air for you. All righty. So as we kick things off this morning, our first guest is Lisbeth Kouser from uh, Journey Home, the Director of Development. Lisbeth, good morning. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Wonderful. So I got that first name right, Lisbeth. Yes. That is a pretty name. I, I, I haven't seen that spelt that way, and I, it kind of threw me off, but that is a, that is a really cool name. Um, so Director of Development with Journey Home, Elizabeth Kouser joining us. And somebody might have saw this in our uh, news just a couple weeks ago, but a really, really neat story and one that I'd like to kind of rekindle. Uh, and, and if people haven't heard this, this is, this is really neat. Uh, talk about a good neighbor. Well, uh, we do have some good neighbors in and around our area, and this is a great example of that. Chicken Salad Chick recently presented the Journey Home with a $20,030 gift uh, to further the efforts of the nonprofit. So basically, they just made a big donation, a big uh, money donation. And during December of last year, many of us might have taken advantage of this, Chicken Salad Chicks in Nashville area sold giving cards, which essentially were coupon books. They had offers for new guests. Uh, things like that. And that's how the money was raised. 100% of the proceeds headed back to Journey Homes. So if anybody had gotten one of these chicken salad chicks uh, coupon books or maybe had seen one or uh, heard of somebody buying one, that is what that was for. All proceeds back to Journey Home. And what was the day that this uh, gift was received? Was it the 2nd or the 3rd of March, I believe? So just a couple weeks ago, you guys got this check. Talk about that. That is so neat. Uh, you don't hear about these things very often, especially for $20,000. Um, so hats off to Chicken Salad Chick. But uh, talk about that gift and uh, what that means to Journey Home. Well, we are delighted to partner with Chicken Salad Chicks. And this is our second year to partner with them. Um, and they have they, – they just strongly believe in helping the homeless. And um, as an effort to do that and further our mission – They uh, sold those books. Well, they're coupon cards, and people can go in each month and redeem the coupon for a different deal each month. And um, through that, raised $20,000 for us. And um, we are partnering with them this coming December as well. So our partnership continues to move forward. Wonderful. So this isn't the first time that you guys have done this, but uh, certainly this year and and with the pandemic and, and so much different you know, able to do something like this is, is such a big deal, especially in last year with the difficulties that uh, many businesses and people were facing. This just, you know, makes it a little bit more of a challenge. But you guys certainly got it done. And again, hats off to Chicken Salad Chick for doing that. Talk about a little bit, what does this money go to? Um, you know, talk about your guys' vision, what you guys do on the day-to-day, and how this big donation is going to help you guys moving forward. 
Well, Nick, the Journey Home has been around since 2006, and their mission is to serve the homeless through our outreach center. But mainly what we want to do is rehouse people. And uh, the outreach center is used as an engagement tool to help them engage with us and then us move them along. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing vulnerable people that maybe have become homeless because they're living paycheck to paycheck or they had some substantial medical bills or something like that that financially caused them to lose their housing. And the quicker we can get them back into housing, the more the better they are able to move forward in their life journey. And I, I'm sure you would agree when, you know, so many people live paycheck to paycheck and they don't really <laughs> think of themselves in that position. But if, you know, a couple turns of bad luck, if you're living paycheck to paycheck two or three months from then, and that's, you know, that's even giving yourself a little bit of a cushion. You could find yourself homeless looking for a place to stay. If you don't have family and friends around the immediate area, so many people from here are transplants. They come here and they don't know anybody, um, you know, family, friends and that. And and so, so many of us, I think, are a little bit closer to, to that situation than we'd like to think, especially if you're living check to check. I mean, you, you know, lose your job, job goes, you know, under something like that. Uh, you could find yourself in a really tough spot. And once you get there, it's so much harder to get out to find a job to do these things when, you know, again, you don't have a place to stay. That's exactly right. And um, the Journey Home, we have 27 properties in our inventory that uh, we rent to people who are coming out of homelessness. And then we also partner with some very giving landlords who allow us to rent to the homeless people as they transition back into marketplace housing, you know, earning income, increasing their reemployability, I guess is what we would say. Wonderful. So how long have you been with Journey Home? I have been with Journey Home for about a year. I joined Journey Home on the day of the lockdown of the pandemic. Oh, wow. I know. So um, I have not seen the Journey Home in regular operation but, you know, one thing that really amazes me about the nonprofit is our volunteers. We had about 1,200 volunteers that volunteered for us last year. And that's amazing when you think of a pandemic and people quarantining. These volunteers showed up for us and help, uh, helped us serve our meals. We serve meals seven days a week at the community cafe. And, um, you know, the, it's volunteer-driven. And groups of volunteers come in through some of the churches in the area and businesses and come and serve our clients, prepare meals, and um, it's just wonderful. It's, it's an amazing operation. I often have you know said on the air when we talk about uh, volunteer opportunities, I think volunteer opportunities are great because the people who volunteer really do <laughs> feel good when they volunteer, and it's just a feeling you don't get from a lot of things, but being able to help somebody and seeing what you're doing put into somebody's life and then helping them is is a great feeling. And of course, helping those people is is great. You know, it's all around just a great thing to get into. So whenever there's volunteer opportunities, I like to kind of circle back um, and and talk about what exactly are the volunteers doing? Who are you guys looking for? Is it all ages? Do you need younger? Do you need older? Any specific skills? Because, you know, again, if you can, uh, even a day, a week is, is such a big deal. Even a couple hours a week can make such a difference. That's right. And, you know, what we 
when we talk to people about partnering with the Journey Home and becoming involved with us, we want them to think about their time, their talent, and their treasure and invest that in a way that feels good to them. You know, everybody has something different to offer the Journey Home. And um, we provide a lot of services. We provide mail services, hygiene, nutrition, um, computer skills, career development, and budgeting, financial budgeting, and just a whole host of opportunities. So, you know, people volunteer at the community cafe, which is what a lot of people know us for, but that's not the only thing we have. We have a closed closet, and we use volunteers in that. We also have repairs on all of these houses we own. And so, you know, if you are handy with tools, Mm. the season is starting. We're starting to warm up, so we'll be looking for some volunteer teams to go out and help us paint and do repairs to houses. Um, I've talked about the Outreach Center. We also ask for people to consider becoming a prayer partner with the Journey Home. We are a Christian ministry and hope that people will join us in any way they feel moved to do. Um, There's also, you know, a lot of people say, hey, we're quarantining still. Is there something we can do? Well, you know, developing little uh, notes of encouragement, Mm -hmm. drawing pictures on the front of cards, and, you know, just helping lift somebody's day. Um, that's a great project, and we a lot of children's groups do that, Girl Scout troops and other things of that nature. And then we are always looking for committee members to join our fundraising committees and other groups like that. So, you know, really any talent they have, we encourage them to get involved. And as far as fundraisers and that, last year may have been just a little bit of a different pace. But, you know, as we as we hopefully get back to normalcy this year, next year, moving forward, how do folks find out about those fundraisers? Is it social media, website? Should they call? What's the best way to kind of keep in touch with you guys on the day-to-day and find out where they can be a part of it? Yes, yes. Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, they can contact me, first of all, and my number is 615-624-4347. Or they can email me at lkowser, and that's C-O-U-S-E-R. So lkowser at lovegodservepeople.org. And um, we do have a fundraiser coming up on April the 24th. We are having our spring fish fry. And, you know, if you know the Journey Home, you know one thing about us. We know how to cook food. And so we are hosting a spring fish fry out at Lighthouse Baptist Church on Thompson Lane over lunchtime from 11 to 1. And uh, tickets are $15 to attend and get uh, some fried fish, homemade tartar sauce, coleslaw, white beans. And we will have it to go, or you can come and enjoy some music and fellowship. 
Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Kauser, our guest this morning, we did have a listener question pop up. Wanted to get to this while we have just a few minutes. Uh, they were asking about the community kitchen, and the address that they're familiar with is the Castle Street location. Is that where the community kitchen is at, or is it on a different spot? Because you see when you're over there, the big Journey Home sign. Is that where the community kitchen would be? Yes, it's our community cafe, and okay. that's where we're located at 308 West Castle. And that's our whole engagement center and okay. operations. And that's where the volunteer opportunities would be, then that's where they would be at if they were helping in the kitchen in that. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Elizabeth, uh, anything we're missing this morning? Any final thoughts? I uh, wanted to thank you again for coming on. And, uh, um, you know, certainly some great opportunities for folks who are looking to volunteer, uh, folks who may be in a tough spot right now. Uh, you know, certainly reach out to these guys at Journey Home. And I uh, wanted to thank again Chicken Salad Chick for the big donation of $20,000, $20,030, I should say. That's right. Um, yes. To help Journey yes. Home and, and help them in the new year. And again, this isn't the first time they've done this. This is the second, third year in a row that they've, that they've worked on this? This is the second year, and they are going to do it in 2021 for us also. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So something to think about there. And I like they put the, uh, the books out in December, conveniently right around Christmas time. So, uh, you know, that'd be that unique gift. You could get somebody that, that kind of doubles as, you know, helping Journey Home and also a really, uh, really cool thing for folks. Folks who, uh, who like chicken salad chick, they certainly do have some good food over there. That's exactly right, Nick. <laughs> and we really appreciate you having us on here. And I just encourage people to contact me and let me know how you want to be involved. And we'll find a way to get you involved. All righty. And just about a big month out from that fish fry. So uh, something to think about and something to look forward to here in the next month. Uh, right now, we're going to take a quick time out, check on Good Neighbor events. We'll check on that weather and traffic. Red Cross coming up in just a few minutes, folks, so do not touch that dial. There are places where people talk, and then there are places that people talk about. News Radio WGNS is both on air, online, and on the phone. This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by AmeriCare Pest Control and the Law Offices of John Day. Does your home or business need COVID-19 virus cleaning? Hi. I'm Tom Sweat from AmeriCare Services. We're a locally owned company, and we specialize in cleaning and disinfecting for the COVID-19 virus. Our EPA-registered and approved products are 100% effective at killing COVID-19. To learn more, contact AmeriCare at 893-7111 or on the web at americareservices.com forward slash coronavirus. Now, WGNS Good Neighbor Events. All this month, let's enjoy those Friday morning spring hikes over at Cannonsburg Village. 10 o'clock Friday mornings, and they're free. Here's something for youngsters ages 5 to 12. They can learn how to fish over at the Manson Pike Trailhead. The Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department's in charge of this, and it'll be 10 o'clock Saturday morning, March the 27th. There is a $3 per fisherman charge. This is for youngsters ages 5 to 12. That's 10 o'clock Saturday morning, March 27th, at the Manson Pike Trailhead. Call the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department for more information. Spring Break Kayaking from the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department on March 30th and April the 2nd. Call Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department and ask about the kayaking. 30th and April 2nd. Now through April the 16th, that spring book club, 
every Friday evening at 6 at the Wilderness Station at Barfield Crescent Park. And those are WGNS Good Neighbor Events. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den. Music World now is the dealer for Ernie Ball, Sterling Guitars and Basses. This is a great new line of guitars and basses, and it's a fantastic complement to our Taylor Acoustics and our Paul Reed Smith Electrics. We've also got ESP LTDs, which are a fantastic line of guitars. This is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den on South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And, you know, at Demas's, one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. A big thank you to Journey Home and Elizabeth Kauser for joining us and uh, getting us caught up on everything going on with the Journey Home. Some great volunteer opportunities available. A big fish fry coming up next month. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks and have them back on to discuss. And, of course, the $20,000 and $30 donation from Chicken Salad Chick to Journey Home um, to help push them forward and make this the best year that it can be. So uh, just a quick wrap-up of our first show. And coming up in just a few moments, we'll talk with the Red Cross and Tara Stone. It is tornado season we're going to talk about blood shortage is there still one how do you donate how can you be a part of the solution and help us get that blood level where we need it to be all that coming up in just a few minutes but right now we take a look at the weather and traffic cloudy skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 50s northeast winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour gusting as high as 30 tonight partly cloudy low 34 i'm meteorologist jennifer vujitsky on news radio wgns currently it's 42 Good morning. Traffic still flowing down 24 here without too much of a problem as you head towards Nashville through the Hickory Hollow area. We've just seen a lot of radar out here, not just up and down 24, but sections of 840 out here as well. Uh, last time we saw them up around Sulphur Springs. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium Family PJ Party with the Penguins is coming up on April 9th. All the details at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Reflecting on the past year of treating people with COVID-19 infection, Brian Garibaldi, a critical care medicine expert at Johns Hopkins, says there are lessons learned. If you go on oxygen, you're going to get remdesivir, and you're probably going to get dexamethasone. There'll be a subset of patients who get tocilizumab, and there'll be selected patients who get full dose anticoagulation. It's hard to know what has really driven some of the decreases we've seen in mortality. Some of it's going to be the therapeutics. I think they do have a role to play. A lot of it is we've become accustomed to working in these environments. One of the big factors that I think underlies some of the ebbs and flows you've seen in mortality is simply the number of people who get hospitalized. Garibaldi says there is still a need to develop effective medications to treat COVID-19. And there are a number of trials ongoing looking at both repurposing existing medicines as well as developing and testing novel therapeutics. 
He notes that a need for updated vaccines appears likely. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. CEO Radio, I'm Ray Hoffman. I would never do it again for the first time. That's how stressful it is. But now that I've done it, if I had to go pitch to the Sharks with a different product, I would do it tomorrow. Here's a further look behind the curtains and down that long hallway at Shark Tank from Joe Altieri, whose successful pitch for FlexScreen, his flexible window screen, got three airings last year. And a how's he doing now? He isn't kidding when he says waiting to go out there was some kind of stressful. It was like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and hoping that you find one on the way down. That's, that's the way that I felt. So Now, did we see your first take? Yes. Yeah, so there's no takes. There's no timeouts. There's no, oops, I didn't mean to say that. They tell you, look, bad pitch, 20 minutes. Good pitch is about 40 minutes. I was in there for two hours and 37 minutes grilled by some of the most intelligent entrepreneurs that I'll ever have a chance to be in front of. And that 237 was cut down to what? 13 minutes. Shark star Joe Altieri with CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. WGNS. Our family at Demas's Restaurant are proud to support local emergency responders who put their lives on the line for our community each and every day. This is Peter Demas, and here is this week's Demas's Emergency Responder of the Week. A listener writes that they were recently stopped during a driver's checkup. As a result, they met several courteous and professional officers. They said the courteous and professional officers that they saw let them know how fortunate we are to live here. They said that Murfreesboro Police Officer Pam Gosley made them feel safer, not only with driving in the area, but living and working here, too. Murfreesboro Police Officer Pam Gosley is our Demas Emergency Responder. When you see a firefighter, police officer, paramedic, or telecommunicator going the extra mile, let WGNS know, and we at Demas's Restaurant will salute them as the emergency responder of the week. Edwin Lee Raymer here with you. Join us on Sunday evenings from 8 until 10 for the P.I. Show right here on WGNS, AM and FM. Welcome back in. Right now, the time, 8.35, as uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us this morning and being part of the broadcast. We move on to the second half now of the Action Line, and we're joined by Tara Stone with the American Red Cross. And uh, a couple things we wanted to chat about. We'll talk about tornado season coming up on the back half of this discussion. But one of the things we always want to talk about and uh, always want to mention when we have the Red Cross in is the importance of donating blood. And especially this past year, there was, a, there was a big shortage, and you know we continue to let folks know if you can donate, it doesn't take that long, right? You're in and out in less than an hour, uh, and they always got snacks and water for you and lots of friendly faces to see, and uh, the ladies and that are always, always just wonderful who are in the uh, donation room. But uh, something to think about if you're able to donate blood, we're going to talk more a little bit about that, as well as tornado season here on the back half, what you need to know, and uh, you know, if you can believe it, Tara, we're just over a year. I think it was a year, two or three weeks ago where we had the big tornado that right. went through Lebanon, Nashville mm-hmm. area. Um, so certainly we are at that time where we need to start thinking about that. But um, we'll get to that in just a few moments. wanted to start off talking about donations. I feel like we, we bring this up whenever you guys are in here, and it's a very important topic. 
uh, because this is something that can save people's lives. When you give that blood, you don't really think about it. You're just giving some blood and on you go. But that, that really could save somebody's life in many cases does. Um, so I wanted to start there. I know, uh, you know, last year we were a little short on blood donations. We're trying to get that back up. We keep telling folks to donate, 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 donate. Um, what does the donation process look like now for folks who haven't donated for a while? It's a little different. It is a little different. Um, we are making sure that everyone uh, feels safe to come in and donate. And, um, so we are, you know, requiring that everyone wears a mask, uh, we're socially distancing, um, so spreading out a little bit more. So if you regularly regularly came into our Murfreesboro Donor Center, it might look just slightly different and move some things around, make sure everybody feels comfortable in this space. We are checking temperatures um, as you come in. We do have screeners that are doing that to make sure that no one's running a fever um, and just ask the questions to make sure everybody's feeling well before they um, come into the center. Wonderful. And why is it important to donate blood? I know that's kind of a, a- open-ended simple question but just to remind folks at home and, and to kind of um, you know hammer down on that where does this blood go why is it so important um, it's life-saving um, and uh, typically you know one blood donation can save up to three lives and you know there are uh, accidents happening every day um, where people are needing blood um, during surgeries and also um, there are you know rare rare blood types and rare diseases that, you know people have cancer and still need treatment and so there's different blood products that serve all of those needs um, and continue to support that and the Red Cross supplies 40 percent of the America's um, blood um, needs and So it's just very important people continue to donate, and we're looking at also focusing on our diverse blood donations. Um, We have um, people that have rare blood types, and we have to, while we, people love to donate blood and and know that that's going to help people in their community, um, there are also people in places that have rare, you know, blood types or blood diseases that uh, may need a transfusion, and um, we can get that to that person. Um, So you might help somebody that lives somewhere else that you don't know um, that that is a match for you. And anybody that's had a friend or family member in surgery or you know um, that's been in an accident that is you know lost blood essentially that's where it starts and ends if that's that's where they get that blood if you're losing blood they need to get you um, fixed up that is the donations that is that is where that blood comes from is just you know regular folks like us that are listening that are here um, so you know it really makes a huge difference in that talk about some of those rare blood types and why are they more important than than other blood um, sure. We are, for, for one example, um, something that we're talking about a lot right now is sickle cell disease. Um, and about 100,000 people in the United States have sickle cell disease. Uh, most are of African descent, um, and it causes the red blood cells to harden and form a C-shape like a sickle. Um, and when it's hardened, the cells can get you know caught in the blood vessels and cause serious complications for patients. Um, severe pain, respiratory conditions, organ failure, and even stroke. And unfortunately, there's no widely used cure for sickle cell disease. Um, However, the Red Cross is supporting one of the most critical treatments of all, and that's blood transfusions. Um, And for many patients, a close blood type match is essential, um, and it's found in donors of the same race or similar ethnicity. Um, So that's something where, again, you know, you may be a match for someone that's not located here. You may be a match for someone that is. I mean, we have donors that truly support another person through their blood donations. They know that they come and give and they are supporting someone else that's in need of that transfusion directly. 
And it's it's always nice to know that the blood donations are helping folks in and around your neighborhood and your state and your county. Also kind of cool to think that that blood could be going to Texas or somewhere else in the country to help somebody in need because it is that exact fit. And one of the things that I think is pretty neat is you can actually track those donations. Talk about that a little bit. I thought that was fascinating. It is really neat. Um, so one of our apps is our blood donation app, and it serves a lot of purposes. And one of those is, you know, you... You've got, you can schedule your appointment. You can uh, go through all, answer all the questions before you come in, like your rapid pass is what we call it. Um, so that when you show up, it's another way, less contact, less time um, to come in for your donation. But then after you donate, you can get uh, different information on there. One, we're still, you know, testing for the COVID antibodies. Um, so you'll get an alert message on there, let you know if you tested and have the antibodies or not. Um, and also it will tell you when your blood is used. I um, mean, it may say, you know, your blood was used at, you know, Vanderbilt um, Hospital or wherever that is. So you can see where it where it ends up and how it's used. Not necessarily how, but, you know, not the great details, but where it goes. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty cool to, to kind of know that, you know, you can follow that blood journey. And uh, especially for folks who have been donating or if you haven't donated for a while, that was something when I when I donated last time after not uh, donating for a little while. That was something that was new, and, and also with the antibody testing, like you mentioned, I thought that was uh, that was pretty amazing. And um, again, these donations, you know, if you see if you see an accident on the highway, if you hear about somebody getting surgery, all these little things like that add up, and all that blood goes to, to help save their lives and, and keep them afloat. And um, you know, the importance you just really can't put a word on it, but um, you know, it's, it saves people's lives. So uh, certainly a lot to think about. Um, we have a listener question while we're on the uh, donating uh, topic, and they were asking. They say, um, "I'm getting ready to receive my second vaccine mm-hmm. is the donation process going to change for me so if anybody has gotten both vaccines mm-hmm. um, do you know if that will change their donation process is that something that they need to think about and I'm off the top of my head I'm thinking still wear your mask still social distancing all that stuff still applies I would assume that would kind of stay the same whether you've been vaccinated or not it does and there is more information on our website you can go to redcrossblood.org for specifics so that you can look at the type of vaccine that you've received Mm -hmm. Um, but in most cases uh, there's no deferral time if you receive a vaccine Um, you might just want to go on our website and just check so you can see the type of vaccine that you received received and the direct information for that but in most cases there's not any kind of a delay again they're just going to know that you um are feeling well not running a fever things of that nature and those are all things they check for you on the way in i'm the kind of guy that asks eighty thousand questions usually (laughs) because i don't do the research when i went in to do my donation i said okay what do i need to do uh and they were very helpful at that they were the ladies in there were wonderful i answered all the questions and i make you feel safe and, and at home and uh you know pretty pretty easy process i remember when i when i spoke with you guys last year one of the listener questions was how long is it going to take to donate now? And it really hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it hasn't. It doesn't seem like I was in there maybe from the time I parked my car till I was pulling back out of the parking lot less than an hour. Uh, there wasn't a big line. There wasn't a line for people getting their temperature checked. So really, it's been pretty smooth. And uh, anybody who's thinking about donating, I would say, you know, go ahead with it. Give it a try and, um, you know, get in there and do that. It doesn't take that long. And again, the, the antibody test, I think that alone is, is kind of a neat thing, especially for folks who are unsure if they've you know had COVID or not said Mm -hmm. me I got sick a couple months ago wasn't sure what it was uh this is pretty cool you can actually check those antibodies and see and I was I was one when I got mine tested and they said that I um had not had COVID at the time uh which was which was great news I uh, was pretty happy to learn that so um any final thoughts on the donation process if not we're going to take a quick time out and uh, move on to tornado season here in just a few minutes just want to encourage people to make an appointment 
um, doing a little bit less of the walk-in appointments, again, just for the safety reasons, social distancing, and planning purposes. So mm-hmm. encourage people to go to redcrossblood.org um, or go to the app store and get a Red Cross um, blood app and make an appointment. And that'll save you a lot of time as well if you can do that because there's a lot of questions they're going to have you run through. That'll save you time if you're you know in and out, if you're trying to donate on lunch break or just have a short period of time. Certainly schedule ahead. That'll save you a little bit of time as well. All righty, Tara Stone joins us from the American Red Cross for the second half of our conversation coming up next. Talk with the police chief, the mayor, and other local leaders about issues that concern you. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekdays at 810 on WGNS. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. I was sent first to radio school. Then, when I finished that, I was sent to Yuma, Arizona, to gunnery school. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. And here we started out with shotguns on the back of a pickup truck, standing up, and we fired at discs, thrown out, went around big circle. We went from that to a place where we sat, and they showed pictures of airplanes coming out of the side and front and so forth, and we fired a light gun at these. Then they sent me to Savannah, Georgia, and there we met the crew that we would fly with. Dr. Howard was in the U.S. Air Force. November of 1943, we got on the Ile de France, the old iconic luxury ship. I was uh, 13 floors down from the top. It was very uh, sickening and very hot, bad, slept in a hammock. It took us quite a few days to get across Oh, I was sick almost all the time. So was everybody else. But uh, we finally docked right out of Glasgow, Scotland. We got in a truck and drove to a place called Defum Green. That was a little village, and all around this village was the base, 452nd Palm Group. And that was my assignment. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I happened to glance up, and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS, AM, FM, online.
Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Right now, 8.48 the time, and uh, bad news for you. still just a bit chilly out there. 44 is what I'm seeing, and still cloudy and damp. And uh, Well, Tara, you've been outside more recently than me. Still kind of cloudy, damp, kind of that muggy, just eh, kind of weather? Yeah, not a great start to the day, but that's okay. It's Friday. That's all right. It's Friday, right? Feel good Friday, so nothing nothing can keep us down. Um, we've been talking about blood donations, why they're important. They save lives. It's really that simple. Um, donating is easy. It doesn't take long. We were just talking about the donation process. Process and um, I had my spots mixed up, but off the air we were talking about over uh, State Farm had, had hosted one and um, over on Church, and they had done just a wonderful job. I get in there, and there's nobody in line. I was I walked in my uh, appointment time. I was probably five minutes late, knowing me, and uh, they got me right in. I was in and out in no time, and... Um, you know, if you have any questions on any of that stuff, we had somebody asking about if they were vaccinated, if that changes the process. Uh, not really. I mean, you're still going to have to wear the mask. You're still going to have to go through all those things. But, um, you know, certainly for anybody who's thinking about doing it, it is quick. It is easy. And uh, you can track those donations. You can uh, do the antibody test, which is pretty cool to see if you've um, had COVID. I think it's like 90 days or something. It gives you a, a pretty big window as far as saying how far back they can they can check on that. They'll just tell you if, if you – they'll give you an alert within a couple of days if you um, show – antibodies mm-hmm. um so i don't know if they can pinpoint to exact date or anything but you know let you know kind of you're in that window of having having the antibodies yeah and that that doesn't really make a difference whether you donate or not if you have or hadn't that right. can you can still donate and that's that's mm-hmm. good there wonderful well uh simply to wrap up on that folks the app is very easy to download you can schedule it's very quick very easy and there's lots of places in and around murfreesboro rutherford county where you can donate so i'll leave you with that bit of information uh set up an appointment and donate it really really can save a life help somebody Uh, i know you'd want the same thing to happen for your friends and family so if you can help out somebody else and their friends and family and uh, help save a life that would just be wonderful all righty tornado season is upon us we're about three weeks uh, a year ago from the big tornado that went through Lebanon, Nashville, um, and did really just a lot of damage. So I wanted to bring that up and talk to folks about tornado season. We're there. Uh, Tara, what do we need to know? Well, you know, there's just be prepared. Um, And uh, it's something where, you know, we just had this week an alert um, expecting bad weather. I feel like we're fortunate to not have anything in our area, but other areas were not as lucky um, with that weather and experiencing some of the things that we experienced a year ago. Um, But we just want everybody to be weather aware. Because um, tornadoes can happen anywhere, any time of day, but they're actually most likely to occur between 3 and 9 o'clock p.m. Um, and the United States averages um, about 1,200 tornadoes every year. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot you don't hear about, um, but still affect uh, communities um, throughout the year. So just want to make sure everybody's safe. They, you know, know where their safe place is in their home. Um, you know, have an emergency preparedness kit. And we can talk about what that looks like. Um, and again, just weather aware and have a plan for what you're going to do. Well, tell me about some of these uh, preparation kits. What would be a thing if, if somebody's a homeowner or, or living on their own and uh, maybe they haven't experienced a tornado or maybe they haven't experienced one um, you know, since they've owned their own home and, and needed to be prepared like this? What's a preparation kit look like? What do you need? Mm-hmm. So emergency preparedness kit, and of course this serves a lot of purposes, not just during tornadoes, but like our snowstorm we had recently, um, just any any type of activity that could happen and take out your power, um, cause damage around you. Um, want people to have enough supplies for three days of non-perishable food and water, um, you know, have a first aid kit, any medications and medical items for everyone in their family. So if there's anything specific you know that you're going to need, uh, be prepared um, to have those in your kit. Other items include, you know, flashlight and extra batteries if your power's out. Um, we're all very used to our cell phones and everything's power, you know, powered. But 
a battery powered or hand crank radio on hand. They do still sell them. Um, so you can get, um, still be connected to the radio service and get alerts and information. Um, if you can, copies of important documents, just things, you know, proof of address, um, you know, birth certificates, insurance policies, um, just if you can have those with you so you know that you locate. You know, if you lose important documents, you have to go back and, and replace those. And then always, you know, keep a little extra cash on hand, too. You might not be able to get money out of the bank, and um, it's always good to have some cash on hand. All righty. We got our first phone call. If you want to put those headphones on, they'll be tucked underneath oh. there, and we'll get this caller set up here. But, yeah, a lot to think about there. You, you just don't know when those tornadoes are going to happen, and when they happen, they don't really give you a heads up. They kind of just show up. So uh, make sure to be prepared. All righty, caller, you're live on the action line. How can we help you? Well, looks like they hung up on us. Maybe they were trying to just get to the office. Okay. All righty. Well, if you're trying to get on the radio, give us a call back. If you're looking for the office to leave a voicemail, it looks like they might have gotten there. All righty. Um, so tornado season is here. Three to nine. That's interesting. Three to nine is generally when they occur, which is probably a good thing if you think mm-hmm. about it, because that's the evening. Folks are getting off of work. Um, you know, if it, if it would have been 10 at night till four in the morning, a lot of people are sleeping. So uh, 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. is maybe a good window that that, that could happen if you're going to fall at any time. It is. But it feels like... Like it, I guess that's the most likely time, but I feel like you know we're always looking at those nighttime hours when mm-hmm. you're wanting to go to bed, but you can't take your eyes off the television because you're wanting to see you know what's happening and making sure you don't miss an alert. Um, but it is um, I guess nice to know your family's with you if you're at home. Of course, some people are always at work, but just always knowing your safe place as well, no matter where you are, uh, where you would go. So I've always heard uh, getting into a bathroom, an enclosed bathroom with no mm-hmm. windows, or a basement, or a crawl space. Uh, essentially, you don't want to be around glass. You don't want to have any kind of windows that come from the outside in case debris comes in. Mm-hmm. But in case of a tornado, where are some great places to, uh, I guess, to go to be safe? Um, we mentioned a few, but any more that I'm missing? Um, like you said, a basement, a storm cellar, or an interior room on the lowest floor with no windows. Um, if you're in a high rise, pick a hallway in the center of the building as you may not have enough time to get to the lowest floor. Um, you mentioned, you know, debris and things flying around. Um, secure out- items outside of your house, things that could be picked up by the wind because then they could, you know, break a window or break something else or hurt someone on the outside. And sometimes, you know, don't always think about, you know, looking around your yard and seeing what might not be um, secured down. And I think people that, that live around this area would agree we have a lot of apartment complexes. They're everywhere. Um, so many of us don't have basements and crawl spaces. Some of us are on the first floor, but some of us are on the second, third, fourth floor. Um, and in that case, that could be a little tougher. Mm-hmm. But maybe a bathroom um, would be a good spot because it's an enclosed mm-hmm. bathroom. Maybe a closet in the bedroom would be a good spot. Would you agree? Yeah, and the, um, like I said, the hallway you know, in the center of the building. Um, is good. I guess you remember, you know, when you were in school and the different drills you have and the places and you get, seem to go in the hallway. Um, but if you are in a high-rise situation, maybe pick a hallway in the center of the building um, if you can't get to the lowest floor. But definitely just look for something that doesn't have, you know, windows. And- if you've spotted a tornado, and I can think back to being a kid. I remember at a party we saw it looked like a funnel way off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, oh, you know, kind of paying attention to this. And I was a kid, I didn't really get it. And then the tornado kind of, it, it didn't come near us, but there ended up being a, a tornado watch. Um what do you do if you start seeing a funnel? Are you the one that should make the call? I mean, right? If you if you think you see a funnel in the sky, maybe give that alert because you might think, oh, somebody's already alerted it or somebody probably mm-hmm. already knows about it. If you start seeing a funnel in the sky, is that a 911 call? Is that a uh, maybe a non-emergency police contact call? I don't think it could hurt to, you know, make that emergency contact call to let people know that you've spotted a funnel. You know, every area is different, too. You know, you may be in an area where it's a little less populated, not a lot of traffic, and mm-hmm. you just – the more – um, notice you can give other people uh, to get to their safe place. I mean, how, how is that wrong? Right. And I think if, if you see it 
for what you believe the first time, they could be the first one seeing that funnel. It could be a couple minutes ahead of it from maybe the next person that might see it. That's right. All righty. Finally, this is one I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Tornado watch, tornado warning. I feel like people get these confused all the time. You hear about one and you think, oh, there's a tornado. They say, no, there's tornado uh, probability. Mm-hmm. Or you hear about it and you say, yeah, we have the weather for a tornado. No, there's actually a tornado. What is the difference between watch and warning? Um, so a tornado watch means a tornado is possible. Okay. A tornado warning means a tornado has been sighted on the ground or indicated by weather radar. You need to immediately go to your safe place. Um, so, again, tornado watch means it's possible. Tornado warning means it's been sighted. I know, I know I'm just as guilty as anybody for getting those confused or getting those crossed up. But if you hear tornado warning, that is the big one. You need to go get prepared and, and get yourself set up. If you hear a tornado watch, that's kind of the, the yellow light on the traffic, right? Get through, get mm-hmm. prepared, um, kind of a heads up for you. Right. All righty. Uh, any final thoughts? we got about a minute left this morning. Just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for coming on. Uh, folks, if you can donate, uh, donate some blood. It only takes a couple minutes, and you could save a life. Tornado season is upon us. Be ready. Be prepared. Download that Red Cross app. Um, they'll keep you updated on, on all that stuff. Yeah, just while you mentioned the apps, just want to tell everybody, you can go um, to your app store, um, either on your iPhone, Android phone, um, and search for Red Cross apps, or you can go to redcross.org forward slash apps. And not only do we have that uh, blood donor app but we have a red cross emergency app um, where you can track your area and get alerts and also you know family members if you've got maybe a a kid in college somewhere and you want to make sure what the weather's going on there you can also pinpoint their location there and track that Um, and we also have first aid apps um, you know if you need some first aid advice and even you know pet first aid apps so lots of apps available want to encourage people to go and download those and then also just really quickly um, we have our blood donor center in Murfreesboro located on Memorial that's open six days a week. Um, we have an upca- upcoming drive, MTSU drive at North Boulevard Church of Christ on the 5th. Um, you can find all of those on our website as well and other drives, redcrossblood.org. All righty, Tara. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's Tara Stone with the American Red Cross talking all things blood donations, uh, tornado awareness. We'll have to have you on again here soon. Always a pleasure to catch up with you guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All righty. Coming up in just a few minutes, we got some live music with Truman Jones and the crew. And then uh, Rutherford Issues to follow. Dave Ramsey knocking out the midday. So, folks, we are just getting started right now, 8.58. We'll be right back. The Doug Young, Educator of the Month from News Radio, WGNS, and City Tile and Floor Covering spotlights Valerie Estes, academic interventionist at Wilson Elementary, who tells us why she became an educator. I would say I found teaching rather than deciding to become a teacher. I come from a family of educators, so teaching has always been a part of my life. However, I was on a different career path before teaching, but circumstances change and I was led to the classroom. Valerie shares what she enjoys most about teaching. Watching my kids experience success and the joy that they have when mastering something new. And what are you most proud of? My students' accomplishments are my proudest accomplishments. It's a wonderful thing to have a former student eager to tell you how they're doing and the plans that they have for their future. And to just be a small part of their journey is my proudest accomplishment. Wilson Elementary Academic Interventionist Valerie Estes is the Doug Young Educator of the Month. Sponsored by City Tile and Floor Covering on Spring Street. 
Street. News Radio, WGNS, Murfreesboro, the voice of Rutherford County, and the flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. The Courthouse Clock shows it's 9 o'clock. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Murfreesboro detectives have now identified the man who allegedly stole several Ryzen gaming computers from Sands Club on John R. Rice Boulevard, although his name has not been released. Police now confirm, though, there are active warrants in Murfreesboro for his arrest. Tennessee lawmakers expected to consider a bill next week to raise minimum wage to $12 an hour. Senator Sarah Kyle and Representative Jesse Chisholm, both Democrats, introduced the bill last month to increase the state's minimum wage 